Hello and welcome to Breaking Ground on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view on what's happening on the ground and to learn about new trends emerging within the construction industry. This show was brought to you in partnership with Place Engage, a data-driven platform for more successful public consultation and community engagement for your next development project. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by John Richardson, Lead Geospatial Consultant with Murphy Geospatial. John, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Carol. I'm glad to be here. Uh, well, first, let's start. We we have uh, featured Murphy Geospatial on the show previously, and it is something that we've touched on, but maybe not to, to any great detail. And I'd love to get into maybe uh, some greater detail with you today. So we might just start by explaining a geospatial uh, consultant. What what does that mean and what does your day job look like? Right. Well, we uh, our clients would be within the, the construction sector, uh, the development sector, um, county councils, consulting engineers, anyone who is needing to build something, whether that's a, a factory, an office block, uh, a new road, railway line, they all need geospatial data in order to look at the feasibility of what they're trying to do and also to do the design of what they're trying. And when you say geospatial data, what exactly are we looking at and how does this differ from what we would know as a traditional survey? In the past, it's generally been a map, basically in, in the past, uh, a 2D map with contours, showing roads, um, and uh, the engineers, would, uh, the designers would use that to design the best way to, to construct the road, uh, the most efficient and economical way of constructing the road. So they need uh, good, accurate geospatial data or a good, accurate map um, to, to do that. And um, well, then talk us through some of the data points that um, obviously the, we've seen such um, uh, such an increase in technology across the built environment. What kind of data are we, are we able to get from that now that maybe we didn't have 25 years ago? Well, 25 years ago, you would have had to have surveyed all the detail manually. So you would have had a total station or, or a theodolite, as people would have thought. And the surveyor and the assistant would have literally needed to pick up each point of detail, whether it's the corner of a manhole or the edge of the road or centre line of the road, using the, the total station. Uh, whereas now, with the uh, invention of, of 3D laser scanning, uh, originally, that was static scanning, so it was set up by a scanner at the side of the road, and they would scan a 360 scan, which creates a point cloud. Um, and then the points of detail can then be extracted from that point cloud to create a 3D map or 3D model. Uh, so things have moved on with new technology, and now we can do the 3D laser scanning in a, a mobile environment, so vehicle-mounted. Or, or track mounted, uh, or we can do from UAV, which are drones, um, and we can scan uh, from that. So it's and it creates a much a much more complete picture. It's a, it's a mass capture uh, model. So instead of just having the point of detail that the, the surveyor had to go and pick up in the field, you you have a complete picture of of the. Uh, of the built environment or the natural environment in that area. Very good. And then, so in terms of surveys, how frequently are these done? So say, for example, we're looking at 
a project, uh, you're working with a property developer on a large scale residential project. Um, I, I, how, what's the frequency at which you're surveying uh, this particular site? Well, generally we would um, carry out a topographical survey initially prior to planning in order to provide the developer with uh, the, the 3D map or the 3D model of the site so he could develop his uh, planning permission and, and design of what was going to go onto the site, whether that was going to be a factory or a um, or a residential development. Um, when you're looking at the 3D model of the site, does that then incorporate, you know, we talk a lot on this show and we speak to um, experts who are really pushing the boundaries of uh, BIM technologies and other uh, digital design. Um, and one of the, one of the, I, I will, won't say challenges, but I know maybe some of the opportunities have been about being able to integrate those. Um, so in, in terms of the emergence of design technologies for for the actual building, can you integrate well with those? Yes, so we would do, on a, a typical development, you'd have a, a topographical survey of, of the ground, which is basically um, levels and detail across the site. If there was any existing buildings on the site, these would be scanned and a Revit model could be created uh, of that. And also the underground utilities would be would be uh, surveyed, would be traced and scanned and then mapped into the, the model. So you'd have a, a 3D model of what was above the ground and a 3D model of what was below the ground. So from a safety point of view on site, I presume this is a huge improvement to back in the day. I've been in this industry long enough to remember when roads and sites and communities got shut down when underground utilities were hit in error. So, you know, obviously there's been huge progress made um, from a, a safety and convenience side there. But uh, what are the driving, uh, I suppose, the driving benefits for people? Has Where are we in terms of best practice? You know, uh, when I speak to technology experts, I'm always conscious that actually it's not the entire industry that's embracing best practice. And it's always interesting to see where Ireland is in terms of digital adoption. So when you're looking at the, at the, the construction and infrastructure sector in Ireland, how far are we in, towards embracing technologies that are available? Well, in recent years, we've definitely moved more towards the 3D modelling, the Revit modelling of both the above ground information and the below ground information. Um, certainly on the, the below ground information, you know, we, it started off with just a live markup of where they, they could detect services, but that's moved on now. And we now use ground penetrating radar to uh, provide a, a picture of what is beneath the surface uh, and combine different techniques in order to uh, be able to map and model those and the fact that we can bring those into one model uh, along with the above ground information means that the the client the designer uh, has a much more complete picture of what what is there and um, john how long have you been with murphy geospatial i've been here uh 12 years with murphy's yeah very good murphy because geospatial. Yeah. yeah because actually the murphy geospatial is a re relatively new brand that actually is it in the last just from memory would it be the last two or three years or or more that um Murphy's rebranded to Murphy Geospatial. 
Yeah, we were Murphy Surveys Limited prior to that. And then um, just after COVID, uh, we rebranded to Murphy Geospatial. And is that indicative of um, the direction that the industry is going or is is the, the company, are you taking a, an approach towards actually developing new technologies and, and as opposed to using and deploying new technologies? Wait, it wasn't uh, the fact that we were no longer just doing surveys. And when people asked, oh, what, what do you do? Then, you know, half an hour later, you, you finished explaining all the different uh, aspects of measuring the built environment. Um, so we felt geospatial was uh, a much more applicable to what we actually carried out. Uh, in the fact that it wasn't just doing surveys, doing maps, but we do a lot of monitoring uh, of projects, so structural monitoring. Um, so there's lots of different aspects to the, the built environment which we were bringing to the table. Uh, um, so we felt that we needed to encompass that more. Well, you, you might just explain the structural monitoring. I haven't come across that before. Well, if a project is... Um, if there's a large construction site, say in an urban area, then you you may be asked to monitor the buildings around uh, that development to see if anything is is moving, and that's on a continuous basis. So we can some of that can be automated. So we set up systems which will constantly monitor uh, the targets within the the zone of influence twenty four seven. And if if there's any movement, it automatically sets off alarms and sends uh, messages to the team, uh, so they can they can check that on site. It could be on a railway line if there were uh, say directional drilling beneath the railway for a, a pipeline. Then you obviously need to monitor the railway whilst that that is happening. So. Okay. Okay, and tell me what is actually driving adoption here? What's driving uh, the progress of technology? Is it complying with regulations? Is it trying to achieve best practice? Or what are the benefits there? Well, I think um, the best practice is, is providing the geospatial information in the, the the quickest and most accurate and most reliable way. Um, the whole point is a project manager needs to be able to trust the information he's getting uh, so and in a timely manner okay so it's all about building trust and the reliability of the information right but um in terms of trusting the data you know it, i i think that we we've, we've moved from not having enough data to maybe having more data than we know how to manage. And, you know, certainly the last two to three years of the digital adoption flow across construction, um, not just in Ireland, but globally has really been about how to use the data, how to draw insights from it, how to actually make that feed into better, faster, uh, more efficient projects. Is Are we at that stage? Is that happening? Do people like project managers on the ground do they understand how to use your data for maximum impact? Well, certainly um, the collection of data and, and the, the mass collection of data now with laser scanning, with UAV, um, you have a huge amount of data to, to handle and that brings its own uh, challenges. 
um, but it's extracting the, the correct information from that data. And that's where we come in. It's very, it's much easier to catch capture the data, but it's about managing that data efficiently and being able to provide the, uh, the client with the information he needs from that data in a timely manner and not just bombard him with you know, uh, a huge amount of geospatial data that he doesn't necessarily need. Um, when, when you're approaching new projects, kind of at a, at a pre-construction pre stage and you're speaking to project owners and going through the, the tender process, what's the level of understanding out there as to the need for good geospatial data? Well, I think that's been that's improving and uh, has improved an awful lot over the last number of years. Um, the consultant engineers are are aware, very aware of of what can be achieved and what can't be achieved. Uh, so, you know, they um, they're definitely up to speed on on what the requirements of their project are. Um, uh, what um, we what, sorry, carry on. no, no, go ahead. What we provide is uh, the advice on the, the best methodology to achieve that data and to achieve the solution that they're, that they're looking at and looking for. Yeah. What is most misunderstood by the industry um, in this? You know, b before we started recording, I mentioned to you that I had undertaken my first module in GIS in the geography department of the University of Galway last year found it very complex coming from a legal background where we might have been checking title of traditional uh, uh, file plan folios. You know, it was a very different approach. Um, and it, it made me realise that actually so many people in the industry would be coming from that, dare I say, old fashioned or more traditional approach. What do you find when you're meeting people and trying to, I suppose, raise the awareness, educate people and talk about the continuing evolution of these technologies? What is most misunderstood? I would say um, accuracies. You know, in the in the past, you know, we um, the, the client always wants the 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 data to be right. You know, and you know, with with any survey, you you deal with tolerances. So it's what does the client need? Does the client need his data? accurate to plus or minus five millimeters or accurate to plus or minus 10 or 15 millimeters and nailing down exactly what the client requires defines which methodology can be applied to that uh, and that is a big that really drives what uh, you know the survey and, and what the deliverable is going to be and um, you know you talked about the evolution of uh, surveys over the past decades, you know, touching on, you know, going from 2D maps to the 3D laser scanners, you know, bringing in the UAVs um, and drone technology. And now there's there's something new. So Murphy Geospatial has introduced GeoDrive. You might just talk us through that offering and the technologies that underpin it. Yes, so GeoDrive is a vehicle-mounted laser scanning and imaging system. And we use this uh, for cap capturing um, long linear features such as roads, railway lines. And we've done a number of projects uh, where we've, we've mounted uh, the scanner on uh, 
engineering trains um, to, in order to scan the track whilst the, the train is moving. Uh, and that gives us imagery and point cloud along the track for asset capture uh, or for uh, mapping. And then on roads, we have it mounted uh, on a vehicle and we drive the road. We can do up to 100 kilometers in a day and we capture 360 degree imagery and point cloud uh, for that. Now, we, we spoke there earlier about huge amounts of data and, and that is one thing with uh, GeoDrive that it generates a large amount of data, but we present that data in a portal uh, in the cloud so that the client can look at individual locations along, say, 50 kilometers of, of road and only analyze the point cloud for that part of the road that where he's not dealing with huge data files, that he, it's much more manageable uh, managing through the portal. Um Based on that amount of data, I can see how a project owner would select what they need uh, for their particular project. But you're also going through the process if you can if you can collect the data along up to 100 kilometers per day. Is there a bank being built up here that you, so that you're not going out doing for another project a similar location or a similar area? I mean, is there is there a, a strategic or a long term vision as to, you know, maybe building up a bank that could be accessible at some point? Well, we're certain all the data that we capture uh, is is stored um, in the cloud and on hard drives. Um, so it is being built up and, you know, we would look in the future uh, to be able to access that data. Um, for for multiple projects you know but obviously that is a, a it's captured at that time um so we, if we were going to use it again in in a couple of years we'd have to make sure it was still applicable that the road hadn't been resurfaced or um the road hadn't been changed but uh just having that information you know is a, is a huge benefit especially for um the likes of large infrastructure companies, if they're trying to manage their assets, you know, we can have that information and map their assets very efficiently. Or if it's for road condition, you know, we can, we get very good imagery of the surface of the road, so we can map the uh, the condition of the road and provide con uh, road condition surveys, you know, for large lengths very quickly. Um, John, who is who is availing of uh, GeoDrive right now? Who's using it? Is it public sector, private sector? What kind of projects? A, a lot of public sector work, um, infrastructure such as road, you know, road infrastructure. Um, also utilities, you know, the the power grid. The fact that we're having to invest so much in the um, the power network that most cabling, you know, uh, utility cabling will be going along um, existing roads um, so that they're not impacting on, you know, landowners. So the the capture of, of these roads uh, on a topographical basis um, for long lengths is is critical to their, their program. So it's, it's ideal for that kind of environment where we need to capture uh, long lengths of roads for cabling projects between substations, things like that. 
And um, so I, I suppose, thank you so much for taking us through that because this can be can be seemingly and it can be quite complex technologies for people who aren't used to to dealing with it or aren't familiar with it. But it's really important for project owners, both in the public and private sector, to understand uh, the new technologies that are emerging, how they can be used, and the applicability um, to projects. So before we finish up today, you might just maybe share your insights as to where you see the future um, technology and innovation, uh, the future direction of that, you know, what's next? Well, I think the, the presenting of the data um, and the managing of the geospatial data is, is the most important aspect. You know, we can, we can capture that data, uh, but it's getting that data over to the client in a, an efficient manner and the way the client can get the most out of his geospatial data. So certainly we see kind of portal delivery as being a, a big thing going forward uh, where the client can access his data um, in, in the cloud. He doesn't need specialist software in, in order to do that. And he can manage the access to, to his data through different stakeholders uh, who can be given access to the portal. And then uh, the... Sorry. Yeah. No, please go ahead. Yeah, and the uh, you know the portal is a, is a way of of managing that data, so that you know people wouldn't become a, wouldn't be changing the data on the portal. It would be it would be there, and he could you know allow different stakeholders to to get access to that data, to view the data, to download the data. But he, it's a way of managing that data, and as the amount of data has increased in the last number of years, and will increase going forward, I think this way of managing the data is going to become uh, much more important. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. And in terms of developing this kind of portal delivery, um, whether it's through a series of dashboards or otherwise, is that something maybe that's on the innovation agenda for Murphy Geospatial? Or do you expect that will be something that will be fulfilled um, by maybe a third party integration with a third party? Well, we have um, a Murphy Geospatial portal at the moment, which we put our surveys out on, which gives clients access uh, to that information. But that's constantly under review and development um, to to include more uh, functionality um, going forward. Yeah, yeah you know, we, we've spoken uh, quite a bit over the last year about not just integrations, but also uh, the importance of of you know, project owners having a tech stack. So it's not about one or two or three or four key, key pieces of technology. It could be eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And integrating those into, a, a, a you know, a, a lower number of platforms, you know, they might not all integrate into one, but certainly you don't want 12. Um, you know, so integrations become very important. Uh, right now, does your system, is it a standalone dashboard or can you integrate with some of the existing technologies? Well, we can link through to the likes of Revit, um, so your know, clients can view Revit models uh, for BIM on through the the portal. Um, but it's a continuous uh, development, um, so we're bringing new things in um, all the time, and and like you say, there'll be collaboration with other portal providers uh, going forward um, in order to to provide the, the solution to the clients on this. But we definitely see, you know, portal delivery as being managing the data is the best way to, to manage the data within the cloud. Yeah. 
Uh, John, thank you so much. That that gives us something to watch out for and to understand. And it also helps us maybe contextualize. You know, we understand there's growing understandings and understanding about the types of data that can be collected, the importance of that data. You know, we're extracting the insights to understand the benefits, but managing them. Um, you know, it's interesting to see that that is still a challenge and that's something maybe that that will be the source of new innovation in 2024 and 2025. So it's always good to have you know to know to watch for that so um thank you so much for sharing your your uh, time and your uh, expertise with us today uh best of luck with GeoDrive. i have seen the vehicles on the road on the on the m4 and the m6 so it's it's exciting to see uh it's great when we see this technology out in the wild um so it, it's important for us to watch and and learn about these new technologies and make sure that project owners understand What's, what really is becoming best practice in their area. So thank you so much for your time and expertise today. That was John Richardson, lead geospatial consultant with Murphy Geospatial. My thanks to show producer Katie Tallon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media. Also, thanks to Place Engage for making these conversations possible. And finally, thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of Breaking Ground. In the meantime, please be sure to check out all of the other Irish and international real estate and construction shows here on iProperty Radio. 